This is Janice Temple of World Black History on Periscope, um, sharing an essay written by Horace Selden, Some Characteristics of Anti-Racism, written June 1993. There have been numerous times in recent years when I have become aware of the different ways in which people think about what it means to be anti-racist. The ways in which anti-racism is described necessarily stem from one's view of racism. And since my view is one which is clearly not adopted by many people, I have often found myself in disagreement with what many call anti-racism. The issue has not come the issue has come to my consciousness in specific ways. Several times in the past couple of years, I have had requests from people who want me to send them a list of organizations which I would call anti-racist. When that first request came, I knew immediately that I was going to be in trouble because I would not want to include on my list a lot of organizations which clearly see themselves as anti-racist. The same kind of difficulty comes when I am asked to suggest whether or not individuals are anti-racist in the way in which they live. To help clarify my own views, I've started to list some of what I look for when determining what characterizes anti-racism in either an individual or an institution. What I share here is the beginning of that process. Probably what I look for most of all when I define anti-racism is some form of sustained action, the intent of which is to change a system or institutional policy, practice, or procedure which has racist effects. For me, this is a primary criterion for defining what constitutes anti-racism. It is also the criteria which separates me from many others. It is born out of a conviction that racism is both deeply institutionalized and widely enculturated in the systems of our national life. Unless the presence of racism in those forms is addressed at some level, there is not anti-racism. A person may be engaged in building authentic relationships with individuals of different races, may be consistent in educating people about prejudice, may be stalwart in resistance to discriminatory actions, but without action to bring about some systematic change may not be fulfilling the needs of anti-racism. I will applaud and assist in the efforts to create authentic relationships in the education against prejudice and in the stance against discrimination. All of those things must be done by the anti-racist person. The other thing which is most difficult for many people and is frequently untouched there is too often the failure to see the lack of will willingness to change the racism which is built into systems. It is there that the prejudice, the unauthentic personal relationships, and the discrimination find its support. Unless those support systems are changed, the full task of anti-racism is not addressed. At Community Change, we work to help educate people about how prejudice functions in their lives and relationships. We do stand wherever we can against discrimination and will always do so. 
circumscribed only by our limited resources. We do also identify systematic issues which in some way we can probe with an intention to bring about change. Because of our conviction that we must work on that level also in our anti-racism, we, for instance, cooperate with others in gathering data to be used in a national effort to eliminate government involvement in the harassment of black elected officials. That is an issue reaching beyond prejudice attitudes, though certainly prejudice is involved, going beyond poor interracial relations, even beyond discriminatory acts, though both are involved but encompassing institutional commitments to a racist status quo in which power is held by some and denied to others. Please uh, continue listening to part two and share. This is Janice Temple with World Black History on Periscope, reading an essay by Horace Selden, Some of the Characteristics of Anti-Racism. Written June 1993, this is part two. Please listen to part one if you not have not already done so. Anyone familiar with the history of government agencies will understand how those institutional commitments often function to support racism. I emphasize the importance of addressing the institutional issues because I find white friends in particular frequently do not do so. It is necessary for the anti-racist who works in housing to be aware of how policies which appear quite harmless may in practice have racist effects, as for instance, a restriction on the numbers of children. As a stated preference, that may sound alright, but if it is discovered that such a policy will limit housing opportunities for a racial group which statistically has larger families than others, the anti-racist will become active to change that policy. Similarly, a person may be an administrator in a college with a, shared, with a stated commitment to diversity. The college may sponsor multicultural events, underwrite support services for students of color, and revise curricular to include a spectrum of perspectives, but may still have a policy which limits the listing of certain courses in a catalog. If those courses are, for instance, in black studies, students' accessibility to them is made difficult. The result clearly may be racist. The anti-racist administrator will document that effect and move for a policy change. Action which focuses on individual relationships, on attitudes, even simply on discriminatory behaviors will seldom address the institutional and systematic nature of racism. For those of us who want to be anti-racist, it is imperative that we address this larger level at which racism functions. Another dynamic I look for in anti-racism is the extent to which a person or organization is involved in multiracial efforts to combat racism. This becomes more complex as the de demography of our population assumes greater racial variety. I become daily more aware of the continued ways in which Native peoples 
the original oppressed of our hemisphere continue to experience oppression. I see rapidly expanding presence of Asian peoples from vast areas of the ocean and continents, greeted by xenophobia and racial hatred. I see people who primarily primary language is Spanish from a spectrum of nations and cultures greeted by racial and linguistic prejudice. I daily see African American concerns of 300 years still not addressed. I see anti-Semitism rooted in centuries of stupid stereotypes. As I witness the complexity of intra and intergroup relationships, it becomes clear that we must work in every way possible to unite all these groups with progressive whites and coalitions to create a new and more common, just common life. This is hard work, requiring a combination of patience, action, clarity of vision, eagerness to listen, willingness to risk new roles and relationships, and sheer determination to persevere in the face of harsh reality. I also look for a clear focus on racism, always in the context of a larger picture. The picture analogy is helpful to me. I think of a huge canvas which depicts all forms of racism and other oppressions. That is an immense canvas which circles the earth. The patterns which various oppressions take the dynamics which characterize them, and often the people victimized by them have much in common. All these forms of oppression need to be resisted. All need to be diminished. All need attention. But no one person, no single organization can give attention to all forms of oppression. Somewhere, I have learned that power comes from focused energy. This has been part two. Please listen to part one. And Hi, this is Janice Temple with World Black History on Periscope, reading part three of an essay, Some Characteristics of Anti-Racism by Horace Selden, written June 1993. Please listen to parts one and two if you have not done so. I daily see African-American concerns of 300 years still not addressed. I see anti-Semitism rooted in centuries of stupid stereotypes. As I, as I witness the complexity of intra and intergroup relationships, it becomes clear that we must work in every way possible to unite all these groups with progressive whites in a coalition to create a new and more just common life. This is hard work, requiring a combination of patience, action, clarity of vision, eagerness to listen, willingness to take risk new roles and relationships, and sheer determination to persevere in the fact of harsh, harsh reality. Also look for a clear focus on racism, always in the context of a larger picture. The picture analogy is helpful to me. I think of a huge canvas which depicts all forms of racism and other oppressions. That is an immense canvas which circles the earth, the patterns which various oppressions take, the dynamics which characterize them, and often the people victimized by them have much in common. All these forms of oppression need to be resisted. 
all need to be diminished, all need attention, but no one person, no single organization can give attention to all forms of oppression. Somewhere, I learned that power comes from focused energy, so I need to focus my attention, to focus my resources, to focus my energy in order to maximize any power I have. I have to choose some place to focus, while at the same time keeping the whole picture in my eye. So I look at the canvas and I say, this is where I will focus my attention for me and for community change, that focus is on racism. But we must never forget that racism is a part of a web of interconnected forces, all of which we must, must resist. Keep the whole in mind, but focus on a place where you can gain enough knowledge, enough power to have some effect. Sounds like a version of think globally, act locally. The anti-racist needs to nurture, nurture an awareness of the interconnectedness of all oppressions, yet for the purpose of gaining effectiveness, needs a clear focus for action. Tomorrow I will want to add to this beginning or maybe start all over. Let's keep the discussion going. So Horace Selden, Creating and co-taught a course on the history and development of racism in the United States at Boston College for 25 years. One of the many ways he helped countless people understand the roots and impact of institutional and systematic racism and inspired them to, make, to take action for racial justice. Martin J. Walsh the mayor of the city of Boston proclaimed June 18, 2017, Horace Selden Day for his work um, in racial justice education. He also founded and directed Community Change Incorporated, um, which is a key hub for racial justice education action in Boston and in New England. Please subscribe. Call in, content, uh, comment, share. Thank you. Hi, this is Janice Temple with World Black History on Periscope. Please call in and share your views on um, some characteristics of anti-racism. I wonder if there are different views um, of blacks and whites, Latinos, Asians, uh, Native Americans about uh, what an anti-racist individual looks like, anti-racist organization, anti-racist institution. Uh, so please do call in and share and listen to the podcast, um, parts one, two, and three, Some Characteristics of Anti-Racism by Horace Selden, published June 1993. Horace Selden, Created and co-taught a course on the history and development of racism in the United States for Boston College for 25 years. Um, his essays are probably part of that course. Thanks for listening. Please share.